to the Oyster Stew podcast, where we discuss what's happening in the industry based on what we see as we work with regulators and clients. Oyster consultants are industry practitioners. We aren't career consultants. We've done your job and we know the issues you face. You can learn more about Oyster Consulting and the value we can add to your firm by going to our website, oysterllc.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Regulators Behind the Scenes. One thing that we should probably talk about is cooperation. I know, you know, the SEC for years talked about the value of cooperation, how important it was to cooperate, particularly in once they've gotten to the enforcement side of things. My theory is, and my approach has always been to cooperate. You want to certainly let the regulators know and tell them that you were intending to cooperate fully and appreciate their time and all of those things. There are times that you may not want to cooperate quite as much as they would like or quite as much as you know you would say you are, but you always want to give the impression that you are trying to cooperate and give them what they want until you get to a point where you reach a serious impasse and then you're, you're making a decision to fight rather than to cooperate. But uh, up until that time, I think cooperating and giving that impression is clearly important. Evan, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think you cooperate up until the time it becomes adversarial. You don't ever want it to become adversarial, but at some point, if they find violations, it might. Where that line is, that's for you and your counsel to determine. But I think during the examination phase, I think co cooperation is extraordinarily important. It just sets the tone because it's the examiners are human. You don't want to look like you're fighting them you're hiding something, it makes an impression. It really makes an impression. So get them as much as you can, as quickly as you can. In my experience, I've never had a regulator turn down a request for more time to produce documents the first time around. If you tell them ahead of time, hey, look, can I have an extra week? I'm having trouble pulling this together. I can't, I've never heard of a regulator saying no. So I think you need to work that way. I will say this, if you ever have a regulator show up unannounced, I would call your counsel immediately because every examination you should have should be announced. You should get a letter. If they ever show up at your doorstep, boy, I would certainly call my counsel, have them wait a few minutes until you get straightened out exactly why they're there. Good point. I actually was the CCO of a firm where the SEC came in unannounced on a Monday morning. I was five hours away. I got a phone call and I said, well, tell them to wait. I'll be there in about five and a half hours because I got to go home and pack. But it turned out to be fine, but they got some information. They got a tip from somebody that was what I would call a very messy business divorce. And somebody was trying to make life complicated for the firm. And so the SEC showed up unannounced, which everybody says, oh, they don't do that. Well, they did. They showed up Monday morning. So it went, and they stayed all week. You know, on, on that point, Patrick, again, uh, one thing that FINRA, they did it when I was there, and I assume they continue to do it. They will occasionally ask to copy your hard drive on your computers. There is a process for that, and they are entitled to do it, under certain rules and procedures. So if they do ask that, if they want to mirror your hard drive and take an exact copy, 
there is a procedure by which they need to let you know what they've taken, ensure you that they've taken it accurately, and have a process for any privileged documents that might be swept up in that mirror. So if they do ask that, you're entitled to find out exactly what process they're going to use to do that. But they will, will ask that in some instances, and they are entitled to get it. When they do ask for that, it's that is certainly the time to call your counsel, unquestionably, because if they are asking to copy your hard drive off your computer, they believe there's something on there that they're not getting elsewhere. If things are fairly serious at that point, I would suggest. Ed, your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I, it's not a routine thing. Even in a cause investigation where they think that there might be some significant issues, it's not routine for them to copy a hard drive. There are cases, and those are cases where they think that there's some really significant bad things that have happened or that the firm isn't being cooperative and not providing information. So to your point earlier, if that happens, call your counsel. How do you show that there's a culture of compliance and tone at the top uh, to the examiners when they show in? Jeff? Tone at the top is measurable. I mentioned earlier that when a regulator comes in, I always have the CEO try and attend the first meeting, if only for to meet and greet people, or maybe he'll stay there, he or she'll stay there for 10 or 15 minutes, so that they know that the CEO is engaged. I would meet with regularly meeting with the CEO or whoever is driving compliance. And I think that good compliance should be rewarded uh, and be part of the compensation process and bad compliance should be sanctioned. And I think that those are measurable ways to show the regulator when they say, how's the tone at the top? You don't have to say, oh, it's great. He talks about it every, uh, every day. There are ways to demonstrate that. And I think it's important and it does build a good culture when the CEO is involved and when people are rewarded or sanctioned, depending on how they do with compliance. Evan, your thoughts? Well, I agree with that. I, I don't think I've ever seen a firm where a firm that had compliance problems that didn't start really at the top. I rarely see firms that where the that the person at the top really wants to do the right thing, but he's thwarted by all the people below him. I just really haven't seen that. Certainly at smaller firms, that's the case. And I agree with Jeffrey. If it's a, a smaller or mid-sized firm, if you can get the CEO to meet with them the first day because he or she feels it's important and, and says, look, I think it's important that I meet with you. I want you to know that we're trying to do the right thing. I empower these compliance staff. I think that's really important. And it, and it does send a message to regulators because they know it. They know that, especially again, with smaller, mid-sized firms, that firm's compliance culture really is a reflection of the people at the top. When I've gone to big firms and worked there, one of the things I would find common is that compliance would find a code of ethics violation and issue a sanction to the individual. That I would always put an end to because the business owns compliance. Compliance, if they find a violation, ought to bring it to the business side. And the tone at the top should be that, yes, business managers have to be responsible for the people that work under them. It makes compliance less of a policeman and puts the onus and the tone on the business itself. And, and that, I think, is critical. 
Ed, your thoughts, please? I, I think tone at the top is part of the broader category of the, the, the culture of compliance at the firm. And you know, to all these points, I think that there are clues to that. And examiners are always looking for those clues. And it really goes to decisions like, should something be referred to enforcement or should it be an informal action and things like that? what the tone of the exam is going to be. Some of the things that I, I would say are clues, A is the tone at the top, whether the firm is organized, does it seem like they have their act together, whether the firm appears to be cooperative or obstructive, whether the firm appears to be well-meaning, are they trying to do what's right, do they fix issues when they come up, do they argue every point or do they seek to understand what the examiners are trying to get at? Like we talked about earlier, do they try to educate the examiners on their business? I think when you take all of those as a whole, you get a sense of what the culture is at the firm. And I think that that really send, sets the tone, not only of the exam, but the, the full relationship between the firm and the regulators. Bill, anything to add? Yeah, I think one thing, a, a couple of things to add. All firms have reputations, good, neutral, or bad. That shouldn't have an effect on, on a regulator coming into the firm because a regulator should come in and, and look at it for compliance or violations. And to add on to what Ed just said, I have gone into a lot of firms as a regulator and sometimes as a consultant. And what happens is, is the people that are in the compliance section say, you know what? I found problems. I found issues. I brought it to this uh, this compliance person or this supervisor or this or the CCO, and nothing happens. And I think what happens in in a lot of those situations, people tend to say, you know what? It's an maybe it's an accepted practice. And then what happens is, so it occurs for a period of time, and then one day in walks a friendly regulator. And they look at all of these and take a look at what Ed said. I mean, the fact is, is that, you know, these things are going on because it's the it's become the accepted unwritten culture of the firm. We don't look at high at high commission and high producing salesmen, people that are in certain activities or groups. We tried to do something. Uh, the CCO takes it to the CEO and they just say, oh, that's just John or that's just Bill or, or something like that. So what happens is it affects the whole culture and uh, then you have issue across many lines of, uh, of the compliance department. Thanks again for listening and be sure to follow the Oysters 2 podcast on whatever platform you use. If you would like more information, feel free to call us at 804-965-5400 or visit our website at oysterllc.com.